Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this podcast. So this is the Dr. David Marlin podcast talking about science and talking about anything uh, applying to our horses. But this is me. I'm Gillian Tabor. I'm a chartered physiotherapist and I'm here in sort of David's seat. But I have with me today Sue Palmer, who has kindly offered to talk to us. So I'm going to hand over to her and let her explain who she is and introduce herself before we go into a little bit more of an in-depth conversation. Uh, hi, Gillian, and uh, hi to everyone listening. And thanks ever so much for inviting me to be here. It's a real honour and I'm excited and, and nervous, um, but really pleased to share the um the knowledge and experience that I've gained from so many different people over the years to share it with you. So I'm a chartered physiotherapist and I'm registered with ACPAT, the Association of Chartered Physios in Animal Therapy, and also with RAMP, the Register of Animal Musculoskeletal Practitioners. And I'm also an intelligent horsemanship recommended trainer. And for, excuse the dog in the background, (laughs) for 25 years, I was a BHS AI Um, And so I combine a variety of different qualifications and I spend my time working with horses, going out and about to visit horses at their yards and specialising in understanding the links between pain and behaviour. Uh, Sounds brilliant. So loads of experience there. But specifically today, I've invited you along because you have just published a new book, haven't you? 
I have. Yeah. Very, very excited to announce that Harmonious Horsemanship, which is co-authored by myself and Sue Dyson, was published in September this year. So it's been a book that's been six years in the making and two years in the writing. And we are um, really, really pleased with the result and overwhelmed. In fact, I've had a message from uh, a client this morning saying that they have lent their copy to a friend who has read it and has just booked their horse in for a veterinary assessment because of some of the things that they have learned through this book. So, um, yeah, really excited to feel like we are making a difference to horses and to their humans. Yeah, that actually is really nice, isn't it? Because you've just proven exactly the purpose of this, which is about trying to get the message out there. And the message basically is about the recognition of pain. Uh, I think sort of that's my take of it. But what what was your sort of whole ethos behind this book? So my ethos is behind it has come from working initially. So I grew up with horses. I've had horses since I was three years old. I went all the way through pony club and riding club. I had my point to point license for a while. I competed at, uh, in fact, I won the national riding club one day event championship. Um, I competed at BS and BE and uh, BD before they were even called BS. And it was. <laughs> um, we're showing our age too. I did too. Many, <laughs> many moons ago. Um, and then um, I went uh, a little bit uh, more wayward. Um, anyway, and I was working with horses and I ended up along the line becoming an intelligent horsemanship recommended trainer and training. Um, on the course that was put together by Monty Roberts and Kelly Marks. And um, along the way, I'd also qualified as a BHSAI. So I was out there working with people on the ground and ridden with their horses. And I was recognising problems that I didn't think were necessarily behavioural. And I didn't have any training in it. But the, the key one for me that really sort of pushed me to do something different was a horse where... Um, I went out, he was a bolter. And so that was why I was called out to work with him. And as part of the assessment, I popped him on the lunge and I could see that on one rein, I could see both of the sides of his quarters. And on the um, on the rein, I could, his, his bum looked level. And I didn't know what that meant, but it seemed to me that if something was happening on one rein and it wasn't happening on the other rein, then that didn't seem to be right. And that that might well link into the fact that he was bolting. And so I suggested to them that they got someone out to work with their horse on a physical level uh, to address things and then to call me back. Um, Anyway, so they did that. They called me back. And as far as I was concerned, I could still see both quarters on one side and only it was level on the other side. So as far as I was concerned, it didn't seem to have changed. And I didn't feel like that was didn't feel like I'd been given the answers and the horse had been helped. And so I decided to look into it myself more. So my. So passion around pain and behavior in horses came from feeling instinctively that a lot of especially ridden behaviors were pain related. And so I went back to university in my late 20s and studied physiotherapy, worked in the NHS, got my animal physiotherapy qualification after that and have continued to have this ongoing passion. I I wrote um, Brain Pain or Training in 2000, and that was published in 2016, which was, so it's non-research-based, but it's uh, non-evidence-based, but it's um, from practice and experience. 
um, some in-hand exercises that people can do with their horses. So when I came across Sue Dyson's research um, in 2017 on the ridden horse pain ethogram, which is also known as the ridden horse performance checklist, I was hugely excited. I'd already been in contact with Sue Dyson about a couple of things, some horses that we'd worked on together, and I'd been at shadowed her for a couple of days. Um, and so I got in touch with her and said, this is amazing. What can we do about it? Can we write a book? Um, and Sue is so passionate about spreading the word. And so it kind of went from there. So that's, I suppose, where where it came from for me. In terms of what you said there about kind of the the message within the book, I think there are very much two messages within the book. So one is the message that the client that I've just talked about is an example of the, the one where um, she's lent it to her friend and the friend has now booked a veterinary assessment. So one is where owners or instructors or physios, very they, they feel that something isn't right with the horse, but the horse is sound, is clinically sound, even often on flexion tests or trotting on a small circle, the horse is sound. And so therefore there's a tendency to say there's nothing wrong. But as an owner, you often know that something really is wrong or at least that something isn't right but you can't put your finger on it because your horse is sound um and so you can use the ridden horse performance checklist there to um to give some evidence behind what you instinctively know for your horse the other i think equally important message in this book is that we can become more confident that everything is okay with our horse. Mm. So, so many people just want to know that everything's all right. If I go and work with a horse, one of the most common things that people say to me, I say to them at the very beginning, what is it that you'd like from me? And a lot of people will say, I just want to know he's not in any pain, or I just want to know that everything's okay. And I would really love for this book to be really helpful with this. There's been a lot of talk around social license to operate, um, and I think it I think it's time we woke up to the fact that uh, we need to listen to our horses more. And, and, and lots of people have been awake to this for a very long time. And lots of people. Um, it, it's a really hard message to hear when something isn't right with your horse. Um, but I think if we can evidence as far as we can that things are OK, then I think that's incredibly helpful. So I'm really, really hoping that owners will use this checklist. And it's literally it's a checklist of 24 behaviours and you work through it with you, you do a, a ridden assessment um, with your horse. It's very simple, five to 10 minutes. There's even a dressage type test on the website Harmonious Horsemanship that you can follow um, and you either film it or you get your friend to watch it and mark you on on the way through, whichever. Uh, but I'm really hoping that people will do that perhaps once a month and keep a score. And so the the checklist is a, a list of 24 behaviours. And if your horse shows eight or more of those behaviours, then it's highly likely he th that he's in musculoskeletal pain. So it's very simple. So if you're consistently showing that your horse shows one or two or three of these behaviours, then I think we can be really confident that actually we don't need to be worrying about this stuff. I mean, it doesn't mean to say that we shouldn't obviously make sure that we've got the team working around our horse and we're listening to our instructors and um, everything that we already have in place. But I'm hoping that it will give people confidence that all is OK. Yeah. Uh, and what I want to just to draw 
out of that really is the the fact that you said um, the evidence and the research uh, surrounding this. So if we just think back to, I mean, it is a library catalogue that uh, Dr. Dyson has published in this area with her and her sort of group of fellow authors. And it, it starts when you go back to the beginning of it, of, of um, her obviously trying to explore more than just facial expressions, which was where, you know, some of the original research came out when we looked at grimace scales starting from mice and then looking at other animals. So we've got that research, but that didn't sort of fulfill a whole picture for a ridden horse, didn't it? So what happens when they change their rhythm or worse, you know, they're bucking or they're um, disuniting in canter. So so Sue took all of the potential behaviours, didn't she? I think there was like something like 120. 117, yeah. 117 that they visualised in the first uh, look at it. And they've refined this down to their um, 24 behaviours. And they didn't just stop there. They tested them, both the uh, reliability against horses that have had uh, um, diagnostic analgesia and they've seen change in them so they've got a real instant before and after with these behaviors um, yeah. but also they've looked at them in different types of horses so not only horses under a veterinary investigation but those out it's going to say in the field but obviously ridden you know um, in various scenarios both competitive um, yeah. and also uh, sort of in in more sort of leisure activities so these 24 behaviors that have been Um, actually now drawn out and listed and they're in the checklist and we'll just go through those in a minute but um, so you mentioned there that it's not just one or two of those behaviors that you have to see is it we want to see a a grouping of them so how many did you say out of the 24 we need to see there's eight out of 24 and probably the most common thing that I hear people saying if they want to um, denigrate this uh, if that's the right word um this dismiss or just yeah this checklist yeah. is oh well every horse bucks sometimes or mm. every horse spooks sometimes or every mm. horse swishes its tail sometimes yeah and um, I feel a little bit like a broken record to be perfectly honest saying no one is saying that the, the horse will never buck or the horse will never swish its tail or the horse will never stumble what mm. we're saying is that if eight or more of these behaviors are shown then it's highly likely that the, there is musculoskeletal pain. And as you pointed out there, there's a lot of research behind this. I mean, I, I, Sue Dyson is just a whirlwind of activity, how she manages to um, keep everything, to do everything that she's doing is, is just incredible, but her passion for it drives her. Um, and, and I really wanted to share that through mm. this book. So absolutely, I will repeat again that it is eight or more out of this list of 24 behaviors so we are absolutely not saying that if your horse bucks once there's a problem that is not Mm -hmm. what we are saying we are saying that if your horse shows eight or more of these behaviors then it's highly likely that there's musculoskeletal pain and in terms of assessing the horse so it it has been used in in lots of different areas now and into um as you say, the research has very clearly shown that after nerve blocks, so after diagnostic analgesia, um, the number of behaviours changed. So horses, uh, so it's very, very strongly evidence based, um, but it is based on a flat work, a dressage tape type test. So you can't use this to assess a horse that is going around the show jumping arena, um, jumping fences at, at this moment. It is based on a dressage type test, as I say, on harmonious web 
Harmonious Horsemanship website, which is very simple, harmonioushorsemanship.co.uk. We have made this. Um, so Sue and I are so keen to get this out to people. So literally you can download for free a PDF and it's got a dressage type test to say it's five to 10 minutes, but it needs to include um, several transitions. It needs to include uh, watching the horse moving away from you, watching the horse moving towards you. It needs to include, as long as it's safe and appropriate to do so, it needs to include a figure of eight in, in 10 meter circles. Um, mm-hmm. And if the horse is doing more advanced work, so if it's doing lateral work or piaf, or, then it needs to include the more advanced work that the horse is doing as well. But it is based at the moment the assessment is done on um, flat work type movements rather than jumping. Yeah, okay, that's interesting because it has been applied, hasn't it, to horses in the competition scenario? Absolutely, yeah. So they've assessed up. they've assessed the horses either in the warm up or in the dressage test. So mm. they've um, assessed horses show jumping and so in show jumping competitions and in um, eventing competitions. But the ethogram is that the performance checklist is applied during the warm up during the flat. Oh, work, so. I see. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. Okay, so I think it's also have- shown. Can- can I just pick up on that yeah. bit while I remember? Because otherwise I won't remember. Um, so the research also very clearly shows that the scores of the ridden horse performance checklist are linked to performance. So um, I would have to pull out the research to give you the exact figures. Um, Sue Dyson knows them off the top of her head. <laughs> but the lower your score on the ridden horse performance checklist, the better that your results are likely to be in mm. terms of placings and uh, the higher the score of on the ridden horse performance checklist the more likely that 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 it was that a horse would fall or be eliminated on a cross-country course for example so this is again real strong evidence link evidence-based information that um musculoskeletal pain and uh, lack of musculoskeletal pain is related to performance and safety and i think that that is it's just i mean it's what we all want is the best for our mm-hmm. horses and then some nice pretty rosettes if that comes along and it, it it's so important to make sure that our horses are comfortable to be able to achieve those things yeah yeah that's true um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just to let everybody know that when... um, if those of you that do follow the research, you will know that there is a, a group of researchers that are actually discussing um, the ethogram and looking at it in relation to context as well. 
So I don't want to dismiss the fact that this is the, you know, the only group doing the research and that there isn't scope for improvement or change. But what we do say is that this is actually just really, really useful. It has got evidence behind it. And whether it changes in the future as a result of the other um, studies looking into it, I don't know. But at the moment, um, it really is just a point of clarity. And I just want to, um, I'm promising we will go through the list because um, it'll be helpful for everyone to listen to it. But um, one of the things that is interesting for me, and I'm same situation as Sue, because I see clients and they ask me just to check their horses, but um, it's this concept of a, a naughty horse and assuming pain first, which I think I want to get out there. If your horse has changed behavior or your horse is giving you a, a behavior that is conflicting with what you are desiring of it for whatever reason, um, we don't want these horses to be labeled as um, naughty, do we? Um, your blog, I think, has literally just come out. It sounds like it's speaking from the horse's mouth. Um, so can you give me an example? Can, can you remember any of those um, phrases that you said? You know, I what did you say? I don't want to buck or something. So just for, can you expand on that? This naughty horse. I'll, just, I'll, um, I'll read you the um, the beginning of the back of the book. So the, you know, the blurb that you have to put on the back of a book. Oh, yeah. Um, because it just links into what you just said there. So says, all too often, pain in ridden horses is labelled as bad behaviour. The apparently sound horse is naughty, lazy, difficult, explosive, spooky, nappy and more. These labels are wrong. Pain impacts all aspects of a horse's performance, including its partnership with the rider and its potential to progress. It does not always create lameness. Relieving pain can lead to greater potential, a deeper partnership and improved performance. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how I came up with these words. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> quite impressed. But, but you know, horses don't make a decision to be naughty, do they? They are reacting no. and responding. Absolutely. And yeah, it, it was a very emotionally driven blog where, um, yeah, it's I, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to scare you. I'm hurting. Please listen to me. And I think that was the title of the blog. Please listen to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, day in, day out, we come across horses that aren't listened to. Um, not necessarily. Um, in fact, generally not the ones that we are working with, but obviously being on a yard, mm. um, seeing and hearing what's going on around you. Um, and uh, I had a client report to me yesterday. I just she's um, the horse is he spooks on the left rein in his ridden work. And uh, along with the physio findings and some history, um, I am very confident that this is a pain related spook. And so she's taken him to the vet and they've done some investigations. He is sound on a, mm. a normal lameness workup, but the vets have listened to her and they've looked into it more deeply and they have found um, some issues and they're going to work with him and help him. And I said to her, we need more owners who are going to listen to this. this mm. he, he only spooks on the left rein. He doesn't spook on the right rein. If he's only doing it on one rein, it just seems, what? why would he be doing it? He doesn't want to hurt her. He adores his owner. Um, so yeah absolutely I think it's exciting times and and you were saying that about the group that are, are looking into this and I absolutely hope that we're going to progress from this I mean this is the first to my knowledge this is the first evidence-based ridden horse performance mm -hmm. checklist of any kind that yeah. we have had and I have 
the occasional very experienced horse person saying to me, well, why on earth do we need this evidence? Why on earth do we need a research paper to say this? And doesn't everyone know that? But you've only got to look around you and not everyone does know that. And, And the people listening to this clearly do, which is why they're listening because they are interested and they want to know more and they want to have what everyone wants to do the best for their Mm. horse absolutely Mm. everyone that I've come across wants to do the best for their horse but we need the evidence that we can build on and and Mm. this to me is a starting point Uh, I don't know where it'll go um and I am massively excited to be in at the beginning of of the journey with it but um Sue Dyson's lecturing internationally um, all the time there are podcasts and we, we can reach across the world now um, and I'm really hopeful I mean, the, the, the book is available globally I'm really hopeful that this is the beginning of changes globally and I would be I would be disappointed if it didn't progress into more from here not necessarily this particular research but I don't know the horse world in in mm. general I think that's really key. And I, as a pony club mother and an amateur competitor myself, if you go and look at a wider population of horses and owners in those scenarios, so outside of my sort of echo chamber of my clients that are aware of it, but you see it and you watch it and you you just talk to people that don't see it and they don't understand. And you hear the language used when they're referring to their horses that are not doing what they want them to do and you just want to scream at them I think sometimes or um you know you just walk away because you can't help those that aren't open to it they they're if the owners aren't listening they're never going to hear their horses are they if their horses are even shouting at them they're never going to hear a whisper are they but um I think if we can just get this you know shared and um yeah, I'm passionate about it too. So uh, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Right. You and me both. And it is, as you say, it's it's naughty or it's lazy or it's difficult. And yeah. um, do you want me to read the list of 24 behaviours? Yeah, let's do that then. Okay. It is just, it is a list. So I apologise, but I am reading. Oh, why don't list. you just summarise them, just categorise them into the groupings and give an example. And then we can share uh, the list, it. can't we? So we've got, we can absolutely share the list. As I say, it's freely available on the website. There's also, there's an online, online. all the resources are on the website, but there's an online course through Ectopia. There's a um, a documentary that everyone involved in mm-hmm. horses in this world should watch. There's a 30 minute documentary. So um, I beg you to give up 30 minutes of your time and watch that documentary and you'll find yeah. a link to that on there. Um, and uh, yeah, there will be more coming about. So we've got... Um, We've got the facial markers and the gait markers um, and the body markers. Um, so it's to do with the what's happening with the ears and the eyes, um, the speed that the legs are moving. We've got the obvious in of the horse's bucking or the horse's rearing. Um, what I would class as the obvious in that the horse is spooking, but so many people seem to think that that's just a horse being spooky. Mm. Um, we've got uh, head position uh tail swishing so yeah it's it's all freely available on the website so have a look at that yeah and each of those areas have got quite a nice descriptor and examples haven't they and pictures absolutely so if we read um the first one which is um within the facial markers we've got 
The ears rotated back behind the vertical or flat, both or one only for five or more seconds or repeatedly laying the ears flat. Yeah. So an ethogram is, which this is the official name for this is the ridden horse pain ethogram. Um, as I say, it tends to have been renamed as the performance checklist because I think that's how we'd like it to be used. Um, but an ethogram is a list the, where the behaviours are very specifically defined. And if we're talking about doing research around this, which obviously uh, there is an immense amount of research has gone into this, it needs to be really specific because you mm. need to be able to objectively say, yeah. yes, this is happening or no, this isn't happening. So it's simply a tick list. It's a yes, this is happening or no, this isn't happening. If we looked at another one, we'd have um, the head in front of the vertical more than 30 degrees for 10 or more seconds. That's another one that people make a fuss about oh well lots of horses go around with their head poked in the air does that mean that they're all in pain no that's one behavior and we're talking about eight or more behaviors being Mm -hmm. significant in terms of musculoskeletal pain however there are some horses that show less than eight behaviors that are in pain so um we can see some horses that are lame for example won't be showing eight Mm. of the behaviors but uh, yeah it's very specific um definitions for each and every behavior and they are in that list that you can download from the website yeah and if you go further and you want to do the whole course in it you can test yourself can't you and look against the yeah. professionals as you know the experience raters to see how good you are at spotting them um but then yeah as you said when you um start to look at the detail of it um there's enough information there for you to exclude the ear flicking back because there's a fly or you know um Absolutely. just you know the um it trips and it stumbles because there's a tree root rather than it being something because of musculoskeletal pain so yeah, and you can also find so um, Sue Dyson's done quite a lot of webinars. So for um, World Horse Welfare, there's I think there's three webinars that we put links to on the website. Mm-hmm. So you can hear her talking through things uh, several times, which then mm-hmm. helps with your understanding of what it is that you're yeah. looking for. Um, and the documentary was supported by an organisation called Train with Trust. Uh, which um, I think is in the States, but they've been amazingly supportive. And mm. so they have supported, if you look on the website for the documentary, which the, the link would take you to, um, they have a picture list of all of the behaviours as well yeah. to help to make it easier to understand what it is yeah. that you're looking for. Yeah, and I was actually amazed when I've seen Sue present and she's got those that have been nerve blocked and they're literally, you know, the 15 minutes apart, same environment, same tack, same rider and how quickly the horses change. I mean, I sort of think about learned behavior and is it a habit, you know, and yes, of course, we've got long term compensatory patterns and that. But if you can change behavior that quickly by abolishing pain, then that really does demonstrate that the behavior isn't, um, you know, it isn't behavioral only, Absolutely. you know, it's got that um, source um, from pain. Yeah, so. it's really powerful when you see mm. the changes. And um, on the documentary, I think they've um, videoed her before and after her nerve blocks and you can see the change in that mm. um and uh things like so it's not in the ridden horse performance checklist but things like your horse's approach to being tacked up um yeah. that can change from having the pain t- there's so many things that you you notice when the pain has been eased yeah. and uh, i found the pictures really powerful pictures and video obviously but in a book you can't have video mm. so we have uh, in the book we've included three pictures of each of the 24 behaviors in one of the chapters because mm. it just blew me away when I saw when I went through a whole load of the pictures sort of mm. all together oh my gosh it, it 
it's just so clear that these horses are not just being naughty. It just doesn't work that way. No, no, that's um, I think that's probably our key take home point, isn't it? If if you've got anything that you're concerned about, rule out. Well, we can never rule out pain 100 percent, but we can explore it and we can consider it. Uh, and we can make sure that we're not missing something that the horse is trying to tell us. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you use, if if you if you're not sure, if you think something might not quite be right, if you use this performance checklist, which I say anyone could do at home, it's designed for anyone to be able to do as long as you can ride and walk, drop, and canter. Um, then it can either give you the confidence that actually maybe I'm just worrying and overthinking. Mm. I'm, a, I'm an expert mm. at overthinking, so I know how that works. Um, yeah. Or actually, yeah, I'm right. My instinct is right. And I can see this happening. And then you can take it to your vet or your instructor and say, I, I, it's not just me saying this. Look at what's going on. No, no. And then you can see those things change. So you can use it if the saddle fit changes, um, you can you can use it or um if I don't know, if the horse is in a different environment or if the feed changes, you can do it again and you can see the changes. Yeah, and that harks back to my preferred, you know, my topic area I get on my soapbox all the time about measurement. What gets measured Absolutely. gets managed. Let's be objective about it. So, Sue, thank you. You've just brought that right back to my, my, you. my all good. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's super. Well, um, what we'll do is we'll put on the notes of this links to everything where you can find out about the book and where you can look at the resources that Sue's talked about on her website. Um, so I urge you to go and have a look at that because obviously that's available worldwide. Um, so I think all that remains for me to say is, well, thank you very much for joining me. And um, yeah, if you're willing to, would you like to come on and give us a more detailed and more in-depth webinar for the Dr. David Marlin members um, on this topic, please? Uh- I, I would love to. I would. I, I'm as I'm so passionate about getting this information out there, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would love to share some more detailed info for those who want to take the time to listen in more depth. So yes, yeah. please, and thank you so much to everyone who has been a part of uh, getting me to this stage, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch up with everybody soon. Bye. Cool. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. 
Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The DrDavidMarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.